comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and with me today is Logan Stump. We're back, baby. You did it, Jordan. Another year in the book. You know, I got to change. I got to change like my whole like opening here because uh, I was about to really and I probably still could like rail on the Orlando city team for being so flat in the first half. I was really, I was going to come in here and if they had lost, I'd be like, how do you look this poor in a game that means everything? <laughs> and then they go ahead and win the game, which was, which was big. Uh, they got some help with the handball that gives them a penalty, but the celebrations are going in Orlando. The team looks amped and i gotta ask resident orlando city fan logan uh here what's your thoughts yeah i mean this was uh it was not a good first half it was a really awful uh thing to watch as i'm sitting there watching on because i turned my nfl stuff on and it was awful uh that was going <laughs> yeah, with my team at the end. right yeah that was not fun so then i had orlando city going all right well maybe maybe i'll have something to be happy about later but now that i you know sitting here um, first half was just atrocious. Second half, we actually looked pretty decent, but again, nothing to kind of write home about. It's kind of been the same story for the team this year. Um, I've got no confidence whatsoever going forward, <laughs> but at least we made it into the playoffs. Um, and I guess, uh, I guess a successful year for Orlando, uh, winning U.S. Open, and then also getting into the playoffs and maybe making some noise. So I don't know. It was a very underwhelming season uh, leading up to. Uh, the playoffs except for the u.s open cup which was nice but not feeling good jordan <laughs> yeah it's not a performance that really inspires confidence i would say going forward but uh they're in orlando's in we're going to talk about all the eastern conference stuff we're going to be live for the western conference stuff if you are listening to the podcast version that comes out monday morning you're not going to hear us sit for three hours talking about the exact stuff going on in Minnesota, Timbers, all that kind of stuff. What you'll what you'll get is you'll hear us talk about the East as we're doing now, and then we'll kind of talk about the uh, West after the game ends, and then we'll uh, preview who's facing who in the playoffs and uh, tell you when those games are happening. But let's look at the East, shall we? 
the Union needed to win to be able to stay top of the East. They do that. They beat Toronto 4-0 to be able to uh, seal that, uh, which they needed to do because Montreal <laughs> Montreal did what they needed to do too. They won 3-1. Uh, so that is something that uh, Union scored like really early on. A um, couple minutes in, was it a minute in? It was very quick. We had like 10 goals in the first eight minutes or so. Uh, something yeah. insane like that. But the Union are top of the East. They are in with 67 points. In second is Montreal with 65. NYCFC in third with 55. They got a win over today. And New York Red Bulls in fourth. They got a 2-0 win over Charlotte at Red Bull Arena. And those are your home playoff teams. Are uh, The ones that locked in home field is Philly, Montreal, NYCFC, and the Red Bulls. In fifth place is Cincinnati, who really had to, like, I think just draw on their in. They went out there. They knew what they needed to do. They beat DC United 5-2. Uh, Brenner with a hat trick to be able to uh, seal themselves in. They get fifth place. They fall just four points shy of a home playoff game this year, but it's their first time ever in the playoffs after three consecutive wooden spoons. So a big increase there from uh, Pat Noonan and uh, the rest of the Cincinnati team. Miami finishes six in the East with and Orlando edges out Columbus to finish seventh in um the east and one thing we got to kind of talk of a deal even though orlando got destroyed by miami 4-1 in midweek how big of a deal charlotte to game against columbus and really put it in orlando's hands i'm not sure what the math would have been for orlando to get in um because that would have given crew two more points uh, that means Crew would have had 48, and then you would have had the win tiebreaker, I guess, still, if you beat them today. But Yeah, I think it came down to... Approaches it different that day. I don't know. But it would have been a little yeah. bit deeper, I think. Yeah, I think it came down to if uh, if Crew had won that game, it would have been they'd have 48 points, and I, or no, 49 points, and then we would have had to have Miami lose or uh, wait... You would have forty-two eight points because yeah. uh, they have forty-six and right. they got a point from that game. So right, yeah. But uh, you finished with forty-eight as well. But you have the win tiebreaker, I think. So you probably would have been fine, but scary nonetheless, right? So Columbus finishes eighth, just missing on a playoff spot by two points, and Charlotte is in ninth, New England in tenth, Atlanta in eleventh, Chicago in twelfth. Toronto in 13th. They had a lot of players out for this game, I believe, uh, is what Bob Bradley said here. Um, and DC United finished 14th in the East. So if we look ahead at the playoff bracket, the matchups we're going to have Eastern Conference, Logan, are uh, in the first round, Philly gets a bye. We're going to get Montreal versus Orlando. Ooh. That's fun. We're going to get NYCFC Cincy. And we're going to get... Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. This thing is not updated right, is it? Who's six? Who's six in the in the league? It's... I just said... 
Yeah, because I hold on. I just had MLS open. I closed it and then realized FB Rep does not have it uh, updated. Um, All right. Well, I'm going to show everybody what this actually says right now because this is why I was confused. Yeah, no, it's their MLS soccer.com bracket has Cincy as both the fifth (laughs) and the sixth seed. All right. So (laughs) this is going to look all the Cincy fans that think MLS is against you. They are. Look, they got you playing two games in round (laughs) one here. Face the Red Bulls and you have to face New York City FC. Uh, both of them are in New York, though, so you just go right after one another. Uh, who is the actual – what's the actual standings? Um, six is Miami. So it should be Miami versus NYCFC, Red Bull Cincinnati is what we should get. Um, and then the winner of Red Bulls versus Cincinnati goes to face Philly. This is what I'm scared about. That's what I'm scared about. Union can handle Red Bull. I have no doubt in that. It's facing Pat Noonan and all the familiarity that they have with the Union and beating them in Cincinnati like three-something. Yes, we would have the home game, but it is – oh, that's scary if I'm a Union fan. It's like we got to hope for the Red Bulls to win this game, I think. Uh, if, if you're looking at it from what gives us the best like potential, you know, but uh, what what matchup stands out to you? We got Montreal, Orlando, NYCFC, Miami, and New York, Cincinnati. I, mean, I think naturally the Red Bull and Cincinnati, just because Frankie Amaya is still with Red Bull, and I think there's some bad blood there. Um, and Cincinnati, I think the way that they're playing Jordan, they've got a lot of momentum heading into the playoffs, which makes them very dangerous. Whereas I think the Red Bull in the last couple of games have not looked as strong as they had earlier in the season. So again, I think that Cincinnati's got a huge advantage coming in, even though it is a way um, and Cincinnati does typically struggle um, uh, on the road uh, as far as defending is concerned too. Um, But I really like Cincinnati's chance here. Like I I really do think that they've got the right ingredients. I think with Brenner having as strong a game as he did uh, along with Brandon Vasquez today, I think that's a, a huge plus for Cincinnati heading into um, New York, I think uh, the Red Bull have in the an advantage uh, in the fact that the Red Bull, I think, are uh, obviously better um, defensively, uh, giving up 13 less goals. Uh, well, not that's not the correct math now because I actually have to pull up the other one. Hold on, uh, goal differential. Uh, so they've got yeah, 15 less goals um, than Cincinnati has given up. I think the the area for concern will be. Can Cincinnati defend? That, that'll be huge in the playoffs because if they can't defend, you're not going to win in the playoffs. It just it comes down to that. I think the games are a lot closer. You're not going to have these breakaway games where you have you know four or five goals, which I think Cincinnati can be capable of at times. Um, but yeah, that's the one I'm looking forward to most because I think Jordan, what you said, um, it would be a really intriguing matchup. I'm rooting for the Cincinnati Philadelphia mm-hmm, Union mm-hmm. matchup. It would be fun. Yeah. Um, whereas I think uh, Philadelphia is probably rooting for the Red Bull. Um, to kind of pull through there just because it's, and it's weird to say that, but I, I think really, I mean, if you look at Cincinnati over the last month or two, they've just looked like the better team. They've looked like a team ready to kind they of don't lose them. a lot. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's huge, uh, especially against the union who, um, you know, they do tend to draw a lot and you get in a penalty shootout. So I've got a lot of confidence in Cincinnati's uh, penalty shooters than I do maybe Philadelphia. I mean, besides God's dog, um, I feel like Cincinnati has the big three. So I think, you know, It'd be tough. I'm, I'm really excited about that matchup. Um, I, I can't overlook uh, Montreal 
um, and not so much against Orlando, but just Montreal in general. So any any time that they play, man, they look like they're firing on all cylinders at the right time. Yeah. Uh, whereas maybe Union isn't quite, but is, you know, they're no slouch. So I want to share a stat uh, going back to Columbus here. I want to share a stat from Tom Bogert, uh, who just tweeted this out a couple minutes ago. Um, the crew have finished the season with 24 points dropped from winning positions this year. Not just in the last 90 minutes or like the last 10 minutes or whatever they were saying before, but from winning positions. If you just get, how many points did they finish short of? Two? Two. Two if you just yeah. get three more points from those 24, they're in the playoffs. So this is their second straight year missing the playoffs. In February, we had, as the MLS unfortunate uh, Twitter is tweeting out, um, if you don't follow this, people, I think you should. It's MLS images that preceded unfortunate events. Caleb Porter in February. I'd bet my house that the crew will make the playoffs. So uh, some, some problems homeless. there. <laughs> now I guess he is. Uh, yeah. That's two straight years. He won the MLS Cup in 2020. So how much leeway does he have? Is next year it for Caleb Porter in Columbus? Before you know, I know that's a far away right now, but just the, the disappointment that they've had this season. Uh, they didn't have the injuries this season like they had last year that we really were like kind of giving them leniency on. What are your thoughts? I, for me, I'm thinking, okay, we're not firing them today, but if we start low next year at all, like if we're underneath the playoff line in May, I, it might be time to pull the trigger, right? Yeah, so I'm actually looking at, uh, now that you mentioned that, I was like, you know what would be interesting because you mentioned their injury uh, history, um, and I know that Jonathan Mensa wasn't 100% playing today because he had some quad issues. But Jordan, I started looking at their uh, roster and their age. Um, so if you go through their matches played, Josh Williams played 23 games and he's 34 years old, will be 35 next year. Pedro Santos will be 35 next year. Um, you look at Eloy Room, who's going to be 34 here soon. Um, Mensa, 32 years old. Darlington Nagby, 32 years old. Um, Celereon, going to be 31 next year. I mean, those aren't young guys. It's not like they're, they've got a lot of those guys that are going to be uh, around much longer in the league. So I think ultimately what this might have to be is a retooling of some sort with Columbus. And and with this team, Jordan, I mean, they, they've tried it now with the same exact team. They really didn't do much. And this is something we talked about. Um, and I know something that the national media has talked about recently because I was listening to, I think it might have been extra time where I was listening to it. And they said that if you look at their roster, really the only person they add from last year that was different was Cucho. Um, and, it, you know, while he busted on the scene and made a huge difference. I'm not sure that this team really added enough. Um, I don't know. It's, it's strange. It was like Zellerion didn't have like the quick start that he usually has. Um, and as he does get older, that becomes progressively more difficult. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I think this is it for Caleb Ford. If he doesn't, if he doesn't win it and get it in next year, and this is not a team. I, I think we kind of have that spoil of riches kind of thing moment here, Jordan too, where like, just like Atlanta, They've won MLS Cup now. Now, I mean, a one seed or MLS Cup or a deep playoff run is what this fan base is looking for. And right now, I mean, they're weaker than a lot of these teams. And 
That's not to mention, Jordan, that a lot of these teams fell apart at the end of the season. And the fact that they're still sitting on the outside of the playoffs as well is kind of concerning. So because if Orlando improves, if uh, Miami, which I think will improve because they're going to get older um, and mature, and I think Cincinnati will improve, that's three teams in front of you that I think are better teams than you already. And now they're healthier or more aged. And this is where it becomes tough for Caleb Porter. And I think this might be it for him. Yeah. Uh, look, if, if they go next year and struggle with a full season of Chucho, you know, um, and I mean, what else can you do? Right. This is, I, I see a lot of fans on the Columbus crew, um, tweet that says they're they're they knocked they're knocked out uh, i see a lot of cincinnati fans trolling on below and one of them <laughs> is saying like as a lifelong crew fan this isn't on porter right because they don't want him to get fired because they think that you know it'll continue that way because they're actually cincinnati fans but it, it's fun right but i i do wonder how much goodwill does an mls cup give you and we kind of wonder that in every sport, right? Like, how long is all of bringing a Super Bowl, bringing a World Series, bringing, you know, something to a city like this, a title? How long can that give you before they start thinking, it might be best to get rid of you? And I'm not talking to the fans. I'm talking, like, the front office to be like, you know, you got me this thing that I cherish and it's in our trophy case, but – it's time, you know, at, at this point. And I think it wouldn't be a question if they were making the playoffs the last two years and maybe not winning MLS Cup, but, you know, just making make the playoffs. But missing it two years in a row, I think, is where if I'm a Columbus Crew front office, I'm looking at this and thinking, we like I said, if if we start off slow, it, it's going to be time because we brought you in new players. We brought you in a guy who's scoring goals like crazy. Chucho Hernandez comes in and scores goals. And you can't make the playoffs. That's fine. Maybe you didn't have enough time with him. He came in July, whatever. But if I give you a full season of him and we're in May and you're really struggling, you know, that's we're, we're probably starting the season late February, right? So maybe even April they're struggling it's going to be like okay we got to panic because we cannot miss the playoffs three times in a row especially a team like the crew um who are more usually consistently good um consistently in the hunt i mean i don't even let me pull up their fb ref page because i want to see the last time that they uh, like how they were under greg i i think they made the playoffs right i don't think they were like terrible um how do i look up their placements okay here we are and it should tell me here if they're playoff teams or not all right so 2019 they finished 20th in the league they finished 10th in 2018 they finished fifth in 2017 um i mean i guess i don't know they're kind of inconsistent as it is as i'm reading this right now Yikes, like, really, what happened in 2019? I don't even remember the 2019 season. I wish I could off the top of my head. Uh, let me look at it. 2019 MLS stats. Who finished 
Yeah, they finished 10th in the East. All right, what's 10th mean then? Uh, 10th in 2018. Where's that? Fifth in the East. So they made the playoffs that year. They got bounced out on a knockout round. And then 20... So, okay, so they went 2019. Missed the playoffs, is what I said, right? 2018, they were in it. Then they made it in 2020, and they won it. Missed it 2021. Missed it 2022. Made it in 2017. How far did they go then? 2015, they were in MLS Cup. I remember that. Knockout round in 2017 as well. Oh, somebody's going to be chopping down trees, it sounds like. I hope my dog doesn't freak out. That's not good for timbers either. Um, Oh, yeah, true. (laughs) Yeah, let's move over to the West. Let's let's preview (laughs) the West here. It's supposed to kick off any minute now. Um, But we're looking at the Western Conference. Portland, what, needs a win, right? All Mm -hmm. these teams need a win, or can Portland take a draw? I I tweeted it out earlier. Let me find it again. Yeah, let's let's go find the scenarios just so that we... There we are. We did this out this so, morning. Playoffs. Portland needs. Okay, so Portland needs a win or a tie. Okay. Minnesota needs a win or a tie, and then okay, that's easy to remember. And then RSL and Vancouver need to win. So, all right, that makes sense. And the games have kicked off. We are Good. here. 20, 20 seconds in. I guess let's get into it, huh? Halftime. All right, so it is halftime. Currently, Minnesota and RSL are the ones in the playoffs with their um, one nils. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast version, you already know the end result of that. But we're going to be quickly talking about during this halftime period and during this part of the podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, the Portland Timbers and um, – Portland Thorns uh, situation with Merritt Paulson and Gavin Wilkinson and, and all of that. Uh, Logan, what do you got for me on that regard? Yeah, so um, so a lot of it's been going on recently. We got a lot of updates today. Uh, I know on Twitter, um, which well, was really- U.S. Soccer. U.S. Right. Soccer released a study, right? Yep. Um, and I know that with uh, Alaskan. Uh, air that they actually tweeted at Pauk on October 4th, but really more came out today in a retweet. And that's when a lot of people started to kind of pick up steam. So again, the, it was Meg Linehan, I think that really broke the story when she wrote it last year. It was on September 30th of 2021 when uh, the investigation came out um, about Thorne ownership, uh, who also are the owners of Portland um, with uh, what was it, Jordan? It was, uh, coach one of the coaches having um sexual relations with a player and um also just kind of harassing them and uh, verbally abusing them um uh, multiple uh players were involved coaches were involved ownership knew about it and hit it um was never kind of uh handled externally it was more internal and they you know thought i guess they had covered it up but more has come out, and I know there was a big report out that now said that um, what is it that he has to give up? I forget what it was exactly. I was trying to find the exact 
wording. Well, one of the one of the issues too was that uh, before this came out, apparently Gavin Wilkinson was getting ready to sign another three-year contract yeah. with Portland. So what it shows is that ownership knew about it. They were turning a blind eye, and it didn't matter until the public found out that they finally fired the people responsible that who hid this stuff. But it leaves us with the question, Logan, of Merritt Polson and where he, he says Alaskan Airlines, like you said, is pulling their sponsorship money. That's their biggest sponsor. And they're going to donate it to causes for women's in sports and, and, you know, sexual harassment, all that kind of stuff in the area of Portland. So they're still putting that money, what they say is to good use to the community. But that they feel like, I guess, they can't trust the Timbers and the Thorns to do so. Which makes sense. But uh, we're, we're kind of wondering now, Merritt Paulson, they said on the show, was not in our uh, Salt Lake watching this game. But I, I think we both agree, right, he should be forced to sell at this point. This yeah. is <clears throat> not a good look for anyone. And he knew about it. He covered up. He didn't care until it made a splash on Twitter, right? Right. And uh, that's the worst part about it. Yeah, so both Gavin Wilkinson, Mike Galoop, uh, relieved of their duties from both clubs. Um, and this was effective October 5th. Um, and then uh, pursuant to yesterday's news um, that Merritt Paulson would step aside as Thorns-related decision-making, not the Timbers. Um, as according to general counsel, Heather Davis, um, who had been named interim um, president of, I think it's Pergrine, um Sports, overseeing business operations for both of the Timbers and Thorns. Ned Grabovoy, who's at the game, um, will remain as technical director and lead um, Timbers operations, while Thorns GM Katrina, or sorry, Karina LeBlanc, will continue in her role leading uh, Thorns soccer operations. So, I, I mean, I think because both of them weren't around at the time when this was happening. Um, but I, I mean, I, I can remember too, right when I was getting into the league, like covering the league, Jordan, I remember reading or uh, watching, I think he was with the extra time guys and he was doing a, a like an interview with them. And um, I get, you know, he was really saying all the right things as far as like social justice and stuff like that, but it means nothing. Right. That it's now, what you do behind closed right. doors, right? It's, it's yeah. not what you broadcast out there. It's what right. you do behind closed doors. And I think why this is coming out so much and, you know, why we're seeing it as such a big deal in MLS too is because mm-hmm. he owns both teams, mm-hmm. right? This was just a, a another Portland Thorns owner was not the owner of the Timbers. We probably wouldn't hear about this as much. But it's the same owner for both teams. They have that synergy. And the biggest point that I can find about it, right, that I can think about it is that is why it's getting so much attention, right? Like, I'm sure this stuff happens all the time that we're not privy to it. But we're privy to it now because U.S. Soccer is doing an investigation on <laughs> National Women's Soccer League because – what if since we launched this podcast, Logan, how many scandals have there been in relation to this type of stuff in the NWSL? I can't what even tell the owners. What there was the steer <clears throat> coach, the yeah. steer owner, there was uh the 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 
Thorn stuff. There's something with Gotham, I think. There, I don't know. It was like Racing Louisville had something mm-hmm. in this. Well, it's almost like every team in the NWSL has some sort of shady uh, history here. And the issue with that is that a lot of those owners own teams in MLS as well. Right. And uh, I, I don't know how you fix this. Because like you said, that they're going to say all the right stuff when they're in public, right? Yeah. But when uh, in private is where we're finding out some of these people are just monsters when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah, you got no protection like for any female staff. Um, and a lot of MLS clubs have female staff that, I mean, these guys aren't going to protect them. Like they're, they're in it for the money. And if it means at the you know expense of something happening to one of the females on staff, then, then that's what happens. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's always been a boys club. Right. I mean, there, I don't think Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there is a female owner in MLS right now. Um, I could be like, there might be like, yeah, definitely not solo, but I can't remember if there's like a, a third party that owns like LAFC or something. Um, that might be female. I feel like there is, I feel like isn't a Mia Hamm, I believe a co-owner of LAFC. Yes. Yep. Okay. Because I know she did Angel City, I think, too. But And the Wilfs, right? Isn't that more than yeah. isn't that a family? Yeah, it's a family. Uh, and she I think she's in charge of soccer operations. So um yeah. <clears throat> but uh, again, there's there's female broadcasts. Like right now I'm watching Kendra uh, who does uh or Minnesota games. I mean the broadcast side, but like it, those owners oftentimes own those broadcasts, like the team owns those broadcasts. I mean, what would tell, you know, sexual harassment in the workplace or, you know, complaints to HR um, players that are going to be coming out as openly gay. Like what, what protections do they have for themselves? Um, we don't even want to get started on that. Did you see right. the, I did see that. And yes. Carlos Pollo stuff yes. that was going on. That yes. was messed up. And uh, people don't know. Uh, Iker Casillas came out as gay as a joke. Yeah, apparently, because people the press kept matching him with new Girls. women every yeah. week. Uh, and then, you know, Puyo came out and said, like, let's tell him our story, whatever. So people were really confused. People were like, oh, my God, Iker Casillas is actually gay. And this is big. Right. He's a big star. And then uh, the tweet gets deleted and we find out why. And it's and it's awful. I just looked up 20. I, I just I just looked up NWSL abuse scandal. OK. And here's the teams that are associated with it. The OL Reign, right? Their head coach has resigned because of complaints of abuse. Uh, Gotham FC general manager had been fired for breaching league policy. Washington Spirit coach Richie Burke was uh, accused of abuse. Um, we had Racing Louisville coach Christy Holly had been fired for cause with toxic culture. We had the North Carolina Courage head coach, Paul Riley, mm. had sexually coerced and verbally abused players. We've talked about some of this stuff before. Uh, the Portland Thorns had their issue, which was related to Paul Riley. And uh, I'm, I'm just reading all this. How many teams is that? That's so many teams I just named off. Right. Four or five out of a – NWSL does not have many teams. All right? They have – uh, they have, I'm looking, I think it, 12. I named almost half the league. 
with the scandals. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. That is, and that's why U.S. Soccer decide they have to investigate because certainly something endemic is, is going on here if it's infiltrating the uh, every single, uh, almost every single team in a league and it's, it was right. consistent and it was mainly that we have to assume that stuff was happening all the time. And people just didn't have the, the guts to say, well, I don't, I wouldn't say guts that because that puts it on the, the abuser, abusee, you know, but mm. they didn't, they were scared to come out and say something because it could mean the end of their career. And it shouldn't be that way, but it unfortunately is that way. Yeah. It's all money related. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, why? Why? Why do you think Merrick Paulson didn't care about right. Gavin Wilkinson knowing this stuff? It's because the Timbers were making the playoffs a lot of times, mm-hmm. and since he had this weird thing where, like, Wilkinson was part of both organizations, if you fire him from one, you got to fire him from the other. And I think he's like, well, I'm just I can't do that because I don't want to jeopardize the MLS team. Mm-hmm. And this is why this should be very separate. You can have the same owner, but I think you gotta you really can't have like the same hierarchy inside the clubs. Too messy. And the the funny thing is when you're looking and I mean funny, not like ha, but when you're looking at some of the coaches I named, how many of them are also female? It's not just the male coaches that were leading this stuff, the female coaches were having some issues. You know, but uh I don't know. It's I don't, I don't know how to fix it. There, there's so many issues within. And, and what I'm saying is I think this happens probably everywhere. That's not even just American issues. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's just soccer issues. I'm sure if you go, if we did exposés into the NFL, into the NBA, WNBA, we'd probably have a lot of issues in these leagues. Oh, we already, I mean, we know with Dan Snyder and the Washington football yeah. team, well, now the commanders, um, he's still in charge um so and we've had issues with the clippers we had issues um i know with uh specific uh, women in sports and coaching um it's just it is it's become a point the nba actually just had one um where the celtics head coach had an affair uh, with yes. one of the staff members um so and again and people are like well you know they both consent to that but i'm like yeah but that that's to a point where like how much of his power uh, yeah, it's power dynamics that, that lead right? to like if she doesn't consent, is she right. fired? Like, right. there's issues with that. Yes, know? and that and that's always been the that's always been people's excuse as well. Well, if there was consent, well, I was like, that's not it. It's it's while it might have been like translated as consent for them, it very much is the person's using their power to silence them anyway. So, like, I think that's a huge issue. Um, and that's and that's going to be mainly more if a you love too. each other that much, right. one of you quit your job, yeah. and you'll figure it out. Right. right, and step away from the team, like go to a different mm-hmm. team and work for. Yeah, like you know, those coaches have plenty of connections, especially different at this sport, level. Different sport in the area, yes. right? Like she could she could have moved on to maybe right. another team, or he could have uh, moved on to another team, or you know. I will say though, like they they've got to figure it out how to. I think come down harder. Like I, I think they've got to come down really hard on these guys because there's going to be more and more women getting into um, 
like sports. staffs of men's sports or playing men's sports. So you've got to be able to come down hard on them. Otherwise they just see it as a joke. Like they can just keep breaking Like Merritt Polson really is not losing anything. Like he, he, he's going to get the same paycheck that he got. He just doesn't have to deal with the timber or the thorn stuff anymore, which is really shady. Like that is such crap. He's going to get the same. They're going to pay his salary with the money they make off the thorns. And I mean, it's just disgusting. I'm glad Alaska airlines did come out and, like redirect that, but still, I think, yeah, that's tough for a, a business to step in and, and, but you know, I think a business can step in and really just do some damage, but they also like, well, they did a lot more than I think any buddy, any sponsors ever done, any yeah. sponsors ever done so far. This is, I mean, I don't remember what, when the Clippers racist stuff was going on there. Oh, yeah. He left. He was forced to sell. That was right? it. But yeah. I don't know if anybody came out, sponsorship wise like we're not gonna no the you know, I don't you think know staples was like we're not naming the stadium after right i think the the only one that's ever caused a sponsorship like this like a huge issue like this i think was the everything that went on with colin kaepernick i think that was the only one that like people the most ran. benign thing to ever yes, happen right right <laughs> so it, it, it is it's sad that like and then you compare it to this which is awful like just horrible the it's not what a human should ever do and they've all done it and they hit it. So it's disgusting. All right. Well, if you're listening to the podcast, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side of these timber uh, RSL, Minnesota, Vancouver games. We are back and we are talking the Western conference right now is my dog is sneezing. Not sure if you heard that. But uh, we have RSL made their way in, and so did Minnesota, as there will be no Cascadian teams in MLS uh, Cup or in the playoffs at all. We have LAFC, a five. We have LA Galaxy versus Nashville as the fourth and fifth seeds. They will go on to face LAFC. So if LA Galaxy wins, we get El Trafico right away in the conference semis here. Uh, if Nashville wins, we get a rematch of the game that just happened today <laughs> where Nashville can certainly beat LAFC. We'll see. Uh, Dallas hosts Minnesota and Austin hosts RSL. So we got some fun matchups in the Western Conference. Logan, which one stands out to you the most? Oh, man. Yeah, these are really good matchups. Um I think the one that I guess sticks out to me the most would probably be LA and Nashville. I mean, four and fives are so easy to pick just because they're the closest teams, I think, as far as competitively Mm -hmm. and the standings. Um, But this one really is intriguing, I think, to me, just because, you know, Nashville has always had a pretty solid defense and LA, um, you know, they scored 58 goals this year. So, uh, and they do it in spurts. Like, I think an LA team like this is typically one that, um, they go silent and then they'll score in bunches, uh, which typically be, uh, I guess, the uh, a hard thing to do in the playoffs. So I think L.A. would have a hard time with Nashville. Um, they're lucky, though. It's in Dignity Park. So I think they would have the upper hand just because they're playing at home. Um, and like I said, Jordan, I mean, Chicharito has scored, I think, in the last couple of games. So I think seeing him um, perform in the playoffs would just be – a lot of fun. So, like, uh, I'm rooting for him to kind of go crazy. Ahani Mukhtar, Chicharito, you know, 
battle uh, of just trying to get two really good attacking players into the mix, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, but again, you can't sleep on Nashville just because I think Nashville can do things at times that, um, you know, shut down attacks and opponents. Uh, so, yeah, we missed this. Thing. There, there was a missed penalty for LAFC today, uh, when it was still nil nil in the 40 uh, in, in at the end of the first half, and it was an awful, awfully taken penalty, really. Um, yeah, was it Arango? Um, it's hard to tell. I have to pull it a little bit better. I just saw it on the uh, thing here. It was, uh, yeah, Rongo missed penalty. He does one of those, like, pause, skip, and a shot type yeah. thing when he walks up to it, and it was not good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, a Penanka, and it was, like, Mm-mm. just floated. Uh, but yeah, so that is what we are currently looking at. Rapids are not done yet. They just equalized in the last minute here. Um, who are they playing? Austin. So that game means nothing really, but Jersey had a penalty, and then um, the Rapids just equalized before we got off line here. And LAFC is actually still going on right now with Nashville, so we can't lock it in completely. It's about to be locked in there in the 90th minute. Um, Which Western team are you most excited to see in the playoffs? I think Austin, right? Yeah. It's their first year making in the playoffs. We saw Nashville in the playoffs last year. They're interesting because they'll be in the West instead of the East. And then next year they go right back to the East. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm thinking if they don't make it in, if they don't make it far in this playoffs, not a big deal. I think they'll have an easier road. Mm-hmm. starting next year in the East again. It's a pretty juggernaut, right? Like some yeah. of these teams, are gonna, they have to face the Galaxy right away, who, to be fair, is a is, is a huge toss-up of what could happen. Right. But then right after that, you would have to face LAFC, and then right after that, you have to face the winner of Dallas, Minnesota, Austin, RSL. So... That would be that'd be tough. And Nashville is what the fifth seed, so they would need Minnesota to get through for them to host that game in a conference semifinal. Dallas, they would need Minnesota or ourselves to get through. But if Austin and Dallas get through, then they have to go on the road again, and then they have to face a team like Austin or Dallas, which is realistically who it's going to be, I think. Mm-hmm. That is a tough road to go LA, LAFC, <laughs> yeah. Austin. Right. Or even Dallas to look dangerous lately. Nashville's going to have some problems. I think Austin's going to be a fun watch. Uh, let me see if I can find their head to head against RSL because I thought RSL played them pretty well this year. I have to double check that. But while I check that. Yeah. I mean, out of the teams, I agree with you. I, to go from where they were last year to second seed, man. Could you imagine being that fan base? It would, this would be like an extreme high. This would be a fantastic team to watch. Okay, so the last time they faced RSL was September 14th, and they beat RSL 3-0, and that was in Austin. So it's not always going to be a replay, right? But if it is, that's what we're looking at. But earlier this year in RSL, it was a 2-1 RSL victory. 
Um, so they've both split, but at Q2 Stadium, Austin is undefeated against RSL since Q2 opened up. Wow. And RSL is undefeated at America First Field against Austin. So they have not drawn yet. And they technically can because they can draw and then go mm-hmm. penalties. But um, it, it's crazy. I, I think that this is probably – it's definitely going to lean into Austin's favor. I would assume that atmosphere is going to be nuts. First ever playoff game. Yeah. Second year in. Like Matthew McConaughey is going to be there shirtless, banging on his drum or whatever. We're going to get um, the fans going crazy. Uh, we're probably going to get some wolf in signs, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We're, we're, it's probably going to be a crazy atmosphere in Austin that I think would be hard for RSL to overcome. So I'm really looking forward to Austin in the playoffs. Um, keeping my eye on Nashville since they're in this weird predicament with being in the West, but I mean, teams that I would sell my stock on right now is probably one for sure. That's probably Minnesota. Uh, they went out there today when they needed to to win. They did it. They have not looked good to end this season. And I do not feel confident, especially with how dangerous Dallas has looked. Let me see if I can find their head-to-head while we're talking here. Um yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Uh, what are your thoughts on a Dallas Minnesota matchup? I mean, like you said, I, I think Dallas, and we talked about it a little bit um, while we were doing the live stream. Um, we talked about how the fact that I think Dallas could prove to be a difficult out just because of the attacking power that they have um, that could get going and make them a really dangerous squad. Um, you've got guys like Paul Ariola, Jesus Ferreira, Alan Velasco. Um, you know, 18 goals for Jesus, 10 for Paul, six for Velasco. I mean, I feel like they've got an attack coming from different directions. Um, playing at home in Dallas can't be very comfortable for teams that are used to cooler weather at this time of year when Dallas is not technically going to be a walk in the park. Um, I think playing in their stadium is really tough too because when they do fill the stadium, if they do fill the stadium for a playoff game, because they've had a hard time as well. Um, I think they're a tough out. They're 10-3-4 and four at home, so a, an extremely tough team to beat, have 10 wins, um, which uh, if you're looking at playoff teams, they're second uh, in behind LAFC who have 13 wins at home. So this is a tough team, and I really wouldn't want to face them if I was Minnesota um, just because Minnesota really has had a tough time um, with good teams, um, and especially as of late. So, yeah, I mean – I think it'll be a good matchup. I don't think Minnesota stands a chance. So uh, I looked it up, okay? The last time they played each other was September 3rd. And this was in Minnesota. And we had a Boxel own goal in the 55th minute, Valesco scoring in the 56th, Hazers Fair scoring in the 58th, and a red card for Fragapane in the 69th for a 3-0 Dallas victory. Mm. That was in Minnesota. Now, if we go to Dallas, where they last played each other in May, very different season back then. Minnesota won 2-1. to one. Yeah. In 2021, Logan, in October, they drew nil-nil at Toyota Stadium. And in June of 2021, they drew 1-1 at Toyota Stadium. So Dallas has not won against Minnesota at Toyota Stadium since 2020 in August. So... 
different team, different part of the season. Dallas has been looking better, but just like historically, if you're worried about going in there and getting points, Minnesota shouldn't with how well they've played there recently. Um, and actually their last time they lost to him was in Allianz arena. So a little different than what we probably would have thought if we uh, hadn't checked that. Yeah. So do you want to do like uh, our, our, uh, I guess our predictions as well that's attached to the show since we won't really, unless we plan on doing another episode, I don't think we'll talk until. No, I think we'll do previews today. I like okay. predictions today. Um, we won't go all the way to MLS Cup. Let's just do for the first round. Yeah, that's fine with me. Yeah. See who wins. You know, see who does well. The The game is not – the first two games are on – I don't think we talked about it on this part. We talked about it on, I think, the live stream, right? But Saturday, October 15th, 12 o'clock, Univision, MLSsoccer.com, and the MLS app. We don't know what teams yet. We're going to hope that we get that soon. Then at 3 o'clock – on Univision, MLSsoccer.com, and the app. We don't know yet. Then we have two more games on Sunday at 3 and 8 o'clock. Those are on ABC for 3 o'clock and 8 o'clock for ESPN on the 16th. So uh, I keep refreshing Twitter. I'm looking to see when anybody's able to report when we're getting those picks. But I have not seen that yet. You know how it works with us. We'll get off here and then we'll retweet. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not going to hang on here forever, right? So, right. Um, okay. So let's, if we're going to make predictions, I guess let's go to the the um, East first and write these down. Do Do you have the? Um, can you pull up the file and write these down in the stateside soccer show? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So who do we got in these? All right, let's go back. We've got, we talked about this at the top of the show, but we have, let's go with the two versus seven first. Montreal versus Orlando. This game is in Montreal. Montreal has been on fire lately. They finish the season with 65 points. Logan, that's higher than Austin after how much well people had talked up Austin this year. Montreal finishes higher than Austin even. They only follow fall off two points of a supporter shield race here with LAFC and Philadelphia. I'm gonna have to go with Montreal here. I think Montreal wins this game, let's say 3 1. Montreal 3 1? Yeah, Montreal 3 1. This is a I don't know if you said this as I was trying to type, but um, this is a uh, a repeat of decision day last year when Orlando bounced Montreal from the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's going to go as well for Orlando this year. Um, <laughs> just too many injuries. Robin Janssen out for the year, out yeah. 12, or 10 to 12 weeks um, with a uh, stress fracture in his foot, which is never good for soccer players. He was the actually the longest tenured uh, Orlando City player in the history of the franchise. Um, Antonio Carlos will be back from suspension, but I just think it's just too much to kind of weather that storm. Um, I know Ruan picked up some knocks and so did Joao Matinho. So they're both going to be kind of, uh, banged up, uh, coming into the, uh, this main stretch here. Eric Concar actually hit his head and I thought mm. probably could have been released, uh, or removed from the game for concussion, maybe for protocol kind of stuff, but it wasn't, um, this is just a banged up 
uh, Orlando City team, a team that really has struggled um, and against really good teams, especially this year. Montreal just seems to really be in complete dominance uh, of form. Um, so I think Mihailovic, uh, along with um, your guy, um, I think just Romel, uh, I think that yeah, it just it just it's too much for Orlando. I'm going to guess 2 0 uh, Montreal because I don't think Orlando will score. All right. I thought I'd give them a benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the. Uh, can we go three and six next? I know you wrote down RBN Cincinnati. Yeah, but let's go uh, just in order of seeds here. We yeah. went from the two. Now we go to three. NYCFC in Miami. It's a curious one because Miami's been kind of like they get blown out today. They blew out Orlando. They're kind of wishy-washy. NYCFC have been kind of wishy-washy recently as well, mm. ever since uh, Castellanos left. But I have to, in the heart of hearts, give it to NYCFC. Though we have no idea where they're going to play <laughs> with their uh, home field right now. But I, I'm going to have to go ahead and give it to NYCFC. But I'm going to say that this one will finish... This one will finish 2-0. 2-0 NYCFC. Yes. Um, I wonder, Jordan, huh, they're going to have to talk to MLB. They're going to have to play their games in New well, York. They already, said, in... they already said that it's probably not going to be – at those at stadiums. Right. Um, it would be at Red Bulls unless if Red Bull also hosted, I guess. Oh, or okay. unless if Red Bull and NYCFC played each other and Red Bull host. I don't know. There, there are some contingencies. Yeah. They're probably okay. going to be in Connecticut or something. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I think, I don't know. I, it, you look at this Miami team, and I do think while they didn't have a nice season, I think they're building towards something pretty good down there um, with Phil Neville. I, I think that there's just too much working right now too many pieces changing the defense, not quite there where it is going to need to be against NYCFC. Tyus Magno has looked really good and has played pretty well over the last couple of games, which is crucial since they lost Tati. They haven't looked the same since Tati, but I think this team is just too talented to lose to a Miami team, especially uh, wherever they're going to play this game, not in Miami. Um, I think this is Gonzalo's last game. Uh, he's retiring after the year. And then Miami's got the three DP spots like we talked about in the live stream. It's going to be really important that they fill those with young but budding talent um, where I think, you know, this Miami team is somebody in the East that I think next year could really make some noise. Um, but this year, I just don't think it's there. So I'm going to go NYC FC. I'm going to go one or I'm going to go two one. I was going to go one nil, but I think I think Miami will score. So I'm going to go two one NYC FC. <clears throat> That was one of the things I was thinking of, like 2-1, maybe yeah. Miami a score. But I was like, nah, I'm going to go 2 no. All right, so let's get to uh, Red Bull New York and uh, FC Cincinnati, the four and fifth seeds. I'm going to go here and say Cincinnati wins this on the road. Let's go 3-2. All right. 
reason why Cincinnati's been scoring like crazy, but I feel like they also give up some goals every mm-hmm. once in a while. Uh, their goal differential, like they give up fifty, uh, they give up fifty six goals this year. So I, I could totally see them giving up some dumb goals and then their inexperience making it almost a uh, can we hold on? Like we had a three one lead or we had a three nil lead and now they scored two. Like can we hold on? That's how I can kind of envision that playing out. Yeah, um, I'm going to go Cincinnati as well. I just feel like Red Bull's just not in great form. I think that – I really do. I think Cincinnati's going to be going in on a high, probably higher than any team that's in this in this Eastern Conference right now. Like this Cincinnati win that they had over D.C. And, yes, I know it's lowly D.C., but when you score that many goals and you've played as well as you can and you've made it into the playoffs for the first time in your franchise's history and you're going to be backed by – I'm assuming these Red Bull fans aren't going to be – are going to be shocked by how many Cincinnati fans show up to their stadium to root on this Cincinnati squad. Um, I'm looking forward to this. I think it has the tendency to be um, kind of a chippy game, um, which I think that'll be exciting. I do think there's going to be a lot of goals in it just because these two teams, um, I think uh, when they do kind of lock horns, I think it'll be Cincinnati can't defend and will give up a lot of goals, but they'll have to score a lot to kind of compensate for giving up those uh, I'm going to go Jordan. I'm going to go two, two and a penalty shootout win for Cincinnati, just because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know like how many goals are scored. We could be totally wrong and it's a nil nil game and be boring, but I, I'm just assuming that both these teams will score, but I'm assuming that it's also going to be really tight and that Cincinnati is going to have to pull it out with, uh, again, like I said, three really good penalty takers uh, in Lucho Brenner uh, and uh, Brandon Vasquez. So I guess we'll see, but I think Cincinnati does pull it off in a penalty shootout. Interesting. Uh, okay. Let's go to the West. We kind of just talked about it a little bit here. But we have, what, three games there, and we got three games here. So then we forgot that there's two more games on Monday, which are on FS1, the 17th. Those times are not scheduled yet, so we will find out then uh where that goes and then thursday uh we'll talk about that after those playoff games so we'll probably record on tuesday the 18th is what i'm thinking here um let's go to the west let's start it the way we did before austin and rsl the two seed versus the seven i'm gonna go ahead and say austin wins this uh three nil I was going to say 3-1, but uh, I feel like, I don't know, RSL seems like they can struggle on scoring sometimes. So they're going to be away. They're going to be in a huge atmosphere. I think Austin's probably scores, I don't know, 10 minutes in, and then it just starts unleashing the beast. Yeah. Yeah, this one, I, I think, uh, same thing. I think RSL will get one back. I'm going to go 3-1 um, Austin. I do think, like you said, George, I think they'll get – I think they'll get a goal within the first 10 minutes. Like you said, I think that it's just, it's just waiting to happen. Like this place is ready to blow the roof off. And I just feel like this is going to be it. Like if if I had to pick a dark horse in this whole thing, and they're not really a dark horse, but I I had to pick somebody that I think has a really good chance of winning that not many people I think will choose to win it. It's going to be Austin. Like I think people Mm -hmm. are going to naturally gravitate towards LAFC and Philly. Yeah. Maybe even like a dark horse uh, such as uh, a team like Montreal, Montreal 
but this one, I think it's Austin. Like, I think Austin defends well enough. Uh, I think they can score with anybody. Um, and I think that if you have to play in Austin, which I think you might have to, if you're going to go through the West, it's going to be really tough because I do think LAFC will get bounced. So I guess we'll see, but yeah, that's my prediction. I think Austin is just too good, too much firepower and RSL can't score. So that's my prediction. Yes. Austin is going to be like a uh, Stadium is going to be like, if anybody watched the rings of power this past week, when uh, the water <laughs> got added to the volcano and Mount doom erupted that's what it's going to be like when when they uh the the lid's going to blow off of that place mm-hmm. if they score in a playoff game okay uh so we got the three seed versus six seed dallas versus minnesota i'm sorry to do this minnesota fan sorry jack and aj i'm gonna have to go with dallas i'm gonna go two one fc dallas all right Two one. I almost Dallas. wanted to say three, but then I felt like I'm saying three all the time, so I'm going to go two one. All right. Um, yeah, I just think Minnesota just hasn't looked great. Um, I think Dallas has again firepower that um, could take them far in the playoffs, and I think they defend well enough to kind of keep Minnesota at bay. Just because when Reynoso is not doing anything, then Minnesota is typically not doing anything. Um, Fragapane can change games, but I, I just don't see it, especially in Dallas. I think Dallas wins this 2-0. I just don't see Minnesota scoring in Dallas. So, Adrian Heath, um, you should be fired. All right. <laughs> Galaxy and Nashville. Jordan, who you got? Uh, this is the tough one, isn't it? This is tough, yeah. I already see who you picked. Uh, I got... Huh? Did you pick... I didn't write never, mind, never mind, never mind. I didn't write down yet. <laughs> I, I read LAG as Logue. Uh, so oh. I thought that was you. Um, all right. I am going to say. Now I see who you said I'm picking. Are you picking for me? Jeez. Um, this is this is tough. Yeah, this one's really hard. Like the other four or five, I feel like, I, I don't know. I just feel like Cincinnati feels stronger. To me, point. both of these teams are so inconsistent at times that like it's which one shows up, right? Like. That's that's a really be, good point. Is it going to be the LA? Uh, is it going to be the LA Galaxy team that like showed up today and, and mm-hmm. scored goals, or is it going to be the LA Galaxy team that like Looks can't like put shell. passes together? Yeah. I am going to go ahead and say that Nashville's run ends here. LA Galaxy are going to win this game. I'm going to say it's going to be uh, a two nil victory for LA Galaxy. Do you like the fake out there? Yeah, I thought you were going there a different direction there. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm going Nashville uh, just because anytime you've ever betted against the Galaxy, it not, it's not worked out well for you. So I'm going to go opposite with you, and I'm going to say the Galaxy. Your, your Galaxy prediction this year was good. You said it would be a lot better this year. Last year, not so they much. They made the playoffs. Um, I was right with that. But I'm going I'm to say Nashville only because I think uh, Walker Zimmerman – matchup with Chicharito is not going to go well for Chicharito. And if that doesn't go well, then I don't see this Galaxy team going very far. And I just, I don't know. Even if it is at Dignity, I'm going with Nashville. I got to have an upset somewhere, right? Like it's got to happen. Yeah. Eventually. So I think did this we is pick the all the favorites the rest of the way? We did. Well, no, Cincinnati. No, no, actually. Cincinnati was an upset. Yeah. All right. But I'm going to go with both fives just in case, because usually the four five is – uh, statistically the one obviously that's got the higher chance of not being what we think so yeah let's right, go right. i'm gonna go nashville and i'm gonna go one nil i'm gonna say it's gonna be pretty boring 
All right, Oscar, calm down. Okay. Do we want um, to do an MLS Cup winner just because we can? We say... can do that. Yeah. I think, okay. I, think I don't want to. Do that. I'm not going to do round by round because. But I want to just check real quick before. Is that all of them? Right. That's all. Yeah. That's all right. All let's them. let's take a look at where the East finished, and what we had predicted. Let's let's do that real quick. So, <laughs> Logan, nice. you got the Union correct. I want to commend you for that. Union number one. On the east, Logan had NYCFC second, Revs third, Atlanta fourth, <laughs> Orlando fifth, Toronto sixth, Montreal seventh. But you did have Montreal and Orlando in the playoffs and NYCFC. You got four of the seven playoff teams. Right? You were wrong on Revs, Atlanta, Toronto. Uh, and then you had RBNY crew, DC, Chicago, Miami, since he Charlotte. <laughs> uh, I had NYCFC winning the East. I was wrong. Union second, Revs third, Atlanta fourth, Orlando fifth, Toronto sixth, the Cruz seventh. I got three of the playoff teams right. So you win the Eastern Conference predictions, Logan. I'll give you that much. Yes. West will be a disaster. <laughs> Let's look at the West. <laughs> we both had Sounders number one. Wrong. You had Nashville number two. I had Nashville fourth. Uh, Nashville finished fifth. LAFC third for me. You had them fifth, so I kind of have the edge there. We both had Sporting at second and third. They're out. We had Portland fourth and fifth. They're out. We had uh, Minnesota at six. That's the sixth seed, right? Yeah, it is. We nailed it. Look at that. We We are so good. (laughs) I have the Galaxy as the seventh seed. You had the Galaxy missing. We got one right in that. We like nailed the prediction of Minnesota by look at that we are Minnesota tweet this out right uh our MVP is probably the MVP that'll get it that's Hani Mukhtar we picked Hani Mukhtar we're probably right um we're wrong on supporter shield Mm -hmm. we'll find out MLS Cup our original predictions before we predict right now Logan had Seattle and I had the Philadelphia Union so we are ready now of the teams that have made it are MLS being I picked first the last time I'll let you pick first for the for this prediction all right I think this might be a boring podcast just because I'm going with the union uh I just think Jordan this year they, they just been like last year they had this like moment where uh, I thought like they were gonna win it and then COVID happened. It was like, okay, this team is clearly better than everybody else in this playing field. And it's not even close. Like, I don't think the union would have made it close at all last year. They'd have snapped anybody's neck that got across them. Uh, this year they have it. And I don't care if Alejandro Bedoya is healthy or not. I just think that this team has it. Like, I, I don't know what it is. Might be Jim Curtin. Might be the fact that this team is just basically the roster from last year. It just with Gazdog, who's arguably an MVP in this league. I just, I don't see any other team getting anywhere close to him. Like, I, as well as Montreal's playing, I just don't think you can't do that to a union team, a defense that is so stout that you just break them. This is not that team. And, and LAFC and Montreal are going to rely on that. Same with Austin. They rely on their attack to be able to break them. But then you switch around and go, okay, well, they're, all their defenses are pretty, like, I think, like, what am I trying to say? Vulnerable. Their attacks, Austin's, LAFC's, Montreal's especially, I think are, are definitely 
vulnerable to this union attack that is very, very good. Um, LAFC's got a pretty decent defense, but I mean, stack them up. Uh, Philly will run through Montreal's defense. Philly will run through Austin's defense. So I just, I don't know. I don't see this going well for LAFC because LAFC supporter shield statistically never going to win MLS cup. So the, I always just count them out automatically, uh, even though they might be one of the best teams here. So yeah, I'm going union. Jimmy Curtin wins it all. Um, Paxton Aronson um, shines like a star next year and then he'll leave. That's my prediction. I didn't ask for that prediction. <laughs> uh, that, that's what you get with them. That's Look, what you get. this is what I'm going to say. I would love to pick somebody else at this point. Yeah. But I've already picked the union. I can't back out now or else people will be like, you never believed in us. It's the union MLS Cup champs. That's what I picked at the beginning of the season. That's what I'll stick with as we go into the playoffs. Um, ask me again um, in a few weeks. <laughs> but... Uh, that, that's where I'm going with that. Golden Boot. Hani Mukhtar won the Golden Boot. Um, we had... <laughs> we were both wrong. <laughs> um, don't have to mention that. If Rui Diaz would have been healthy and they'd have been good, he would have easily competed, but... Maybe. Arango wasn't even close, so... Yikes. I was going to pick Daniel Gazdok, to be honest with you, but... Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, So we're still waiting for them to announce the times. Let me just try to check one last time before we get ready to get out of here. Looks like they only just tweeted a bracket. Yeah. I do. I think it'll be a lot of coordinating with MLB. Well, it might not matter. It, the Padres are up on the Mets right now. <laughs> well, what about the Yankees? Like City Field. City Field might be opening up here. In oh, <laughs> that's right. Okay, gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we got a heart. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Well, that. thank you, Jard. Uh, I think we're getting ready to wrap it up here. We got a long postseason coming up here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, those games start on uh, Saturday and Sunday and Monday. That's what this first round's in. We told you where to find those games. Saturday. We don't know who yet, but Univision for both of those games at 12 and 3. Then we have on Sunday on ABC, 3 o'clock, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have it right here. Hold on. Uh, 3 o'clock and 8 o'clock. ABC, 3 o'clock, 8 o'clock ESPN. Monday. Don't know the times, but both of those games are on FS1. And I would assume probably a 7 and a... a like a 7 and a 10. Or what my thoughts are there. All right, anything else before we get out of here, Logan? Anything that we didn't touch on that you want to touch on before we get out of here? No, I'm excited for the playoffs. Um, the good thing is, is after the playoffs, we get a break and we don't really have anything else coming up. So, <laughs> but seriously, oh, we got the World yeah. Cup coming yep. up here. Check out our coverage. We're going to be covering it. So, that'll be a lot. And if Logan ever does the Sporkle quizzes, we'll get those videos up. Yeah, it's debatable. So, 
All right. If you want to follow us or like us or subscribe to us at Stateside Show on all the platforms, if you're looking on YouTube, just search Stateside Soccer Show and you'll find us. Hope everyone has a great rest of their, well, this post on Monday. So your weekend's over. But I hope everyone looks forward (laughs) to the playoff games this upcoming weekend. And we'll catch you Tuesday the 18th recapping the first round. Scary. (laughs) Like six teams are already going to be knocked out by the time we record next. Scary, but very excited. Throwing his body in, it's going to fall for Ibrahimovic! Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show, presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.